Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We do have lines open for the first time in a long time. Appreciate Dave Odom for dropping by. The man of honor on Wednesday in Winston-Salem with his 1995 ACC championship team. Cool to have Tim Duncan in the conversation once again here in our backyard. The new poll is out in College Hoops as we welcome more of your phone calls, questions, and comments. A lot of complaints about UNC basketball. Heels lost again. They actually played better than usual, but they did lose back-to-back -to, -back to UVA in Chapel Hill for the first time in the history of a rivalry that started in 1911. You will see a lot more of the wrong types of history for this Roy Williams team. They fall to 10-15 and 15 overall, 3-11 and 11 in the ACC. They had plenty of company on the worst of the weekend list. NC State. I don't think they would have been looking forward to Duke on Wednesday night at PNC Arena or Florida State on Saturday afternoon at PNC. I don't really think it was that. Those players are smart enough to know you got to take care of business against the teams you're supposed to beat before you dream bigger for those resume builders against the Blue Devils or the Seminoles. State is not dead yet, but the Wolfpack is ailing after that 71-68 loss at Boston College. Senior point guard Markel Johnson just continues his erratic play. Side note, that is the only member of the rotation. As we welcome your calls, what was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe this weekend, and what made it that? We got votes for L.A. Dodgers star Cody Bellinger for absolutely blasting the Houston Astros publicly. Some, including Houston star Carlos Correa, offered a profane response to that Cody Bellinger blast. XFL Week 2, the return of college baseball, ECU, UNC, NC State, not only nationally ranked, but they all had season opening sweeps against non-conference competition. Adam Scott won in the, on the PGA Tour at Riviera. The Carolina Hurricanes are awarded the Stadium Series outdoor game. That'll be February 20th, 2021. Opponent still to be announced. Owner Tom Dundon is going to drop by our show this week as part of the celebration. It'll be the first NHL market in the Southeast ever to host any kind of outdoor hockey game. The Stadium Series, one branch of what the NHL has been doing in that case since 2014. It's now one Stadium Series game per year. It actually started with a flurry of such things. 1-800-849-2761. The NBA All-Star Game votes are all over the place. Best of the weekend includes Kawhi Leonard. He was the MVP, 30 points, etc. Kobe Bryant tributes, musically and otherwise. Anthony Davis in his hometown of Chicago actually hit the game-winning free throw in front of that hometown crowd, 19 points, 9 rebounds, etc. And Chris Paul. Yet another Wake legend as Dave Odom drops by today. Also really good for the winning team. 23 points, 7 for 11 from three-point land. And Chris Paul, I didn't know you could keep, easily keep stats on this. Chris Paul has not had an alley-oop-style dunk, I believe they said in his entire NBA career. He had one in the All-Star game, so that is there for perpetuity thanks to YouTube and uh, NBA highlight vaults. Chris Paul, again, on the receiving end of the pass, being the dunker on the alley-oop dunk, putting a little exclamation point on a really good night for a guy who's been to a lot of all-star games and deservedly so. Still has not yet reached the top of the mountain as an NBA champion, but as an Olympic gold medalist and obviously one of the greatest players in Wake Forest basketball history. 1-800-849-2761. As we go to Gary and Wilson and your best or worst of the weekend, what was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw? Duke, Baylor, Clemson, Maryland, 
the Florida Gators honoring Billy Donovan by naming its basketball co- the the school's basketball court after the two-time NCAA championship coach, of course, now in the NBA. Mark Prosser in Western Carolina, Dustin Kearns in App State. We see you. We see your progress. We saw your road victories this weekend. Just a little bit off the beaten trail. Mason Faulkner and Carlos Dotson of the Catamounts are both on our all-DG show team, so that's got to count for something. Rob Manfred, the Houston Astros, the Louisville Cardinals, and others joined Tiger Woods, Wake Basketball, State Basketball, and UNC Basketball as the leading vote-getters for Worst of the Weekend. The Daytona 500 was also that for some. It does resume today, just a couple of hours from now, just the second Monday finish in 62 years for the great American race. Gary and Wilson is next on the David Glenn Show. With the Canes getting next year's Stadium Series game, let me just ask for this up front. Parking attendance and other crowd management experts. You are on the clock because when the Air Force Academy hosted, remember, at its football stadium, that's the essence of the stadium series. In hockey, you're not only playing outdoors, you are playing at venues built for football or baseball or something else. This year's stadium series game might have been a success on the ice. The L.A. Kings beat the Colorado Avalanche, so the home fans had the traditional reason to be unhappy. The Avalanche are really, really good. They're one of the best teams in the NHL. Oh, they finally get to host a stadium series game, and they lose to the L.A. Kings, who are not as good as they have been at the past. So that's the usual disappointment for the home fans. Darren, you and I have gone to dozens of Carolina Hurricanes games. I think I've only missed the drop of the puck. Whether I was in the press box, my front row seats, or we have other lower level seats. Seriously, in my lifetime as a Canes fan, more than media member, really, I've only missed the puck drop. It's, it does not fill a single hand, so fewer than five times. Have you and I ever missed the puck drop? Sometimes we drive no, separately, I guess, but yeah, we're usually together. Most of the time we're together and we get dinner beforehand, but no, we we never miss puck drop. Okay, yeah, sometimes we eat there. Sometimes we'll go to a restaurant and get over there. We, we build in a cushion, right? We yeah. want some quality time together or with uh, colleagues. If you're a sponsor of the David Glenn Show, and we'd be happy to have you, you can count on Darren and I at some point taking you to a Canes game and putting you in really good seats. And, yeah, we would ask to take you out to dinner or take you to the arena early. You were not with me the night that it was pouring rain this season and I missed the puck drop with the Canes, right? I probably complained to you the next day because you're like my work <laughs> wife. I recall, So I have to yeah. complain to yeah. somebody. <laughs> so I have no complaints about the PNC Arena crew. I don't know what happened that night, but I, I was early and I missed the puck drop. So something went horribly wrong. I was I was less than a mile away from my usual parking spot, probably a half a mile, and it took me like 30 minutes to go the next half mile. So I've buried that hatchet. Uh, I'm feeling a little indigestion thinking about that rainy night, but I bring it up m- much more because of the debacle, the debacle that happened this weekend. Tiger Woods had a bad golf weekend at Riviera. The Wolfpack, the Heels, and the Deacons had really, really bad games this weekend in college basketball, Louisville as well. But at least they showed up on time. A huge number of people who wanted to be a part of history, the Stadium Series outdoor hockey game at the Air Force Academy's football field. Some of them traveled from more than an hour away And they had made this ride before, they said, and it took them a little bit more than an hour. 
It took them three hours, and a significant number of them did not get to their seats at what is called Falcon Stadium, where the Air Force Falcons play football, until the, wait for it, third period. The only, if I have three examples in 20-some years of being a Kaniac, if I have three examples, I can promise you, I got to my seat at some point during the first period. Now, I might, have, I might have been snarling at somebody. I might have been cursing the parking attendants. I probably was unhappy. But I wasn't there, like, at the first intermission even. A significant number of people did not get to their seats until the third period and were so unhappy that they were asking the host Colorado Avalanche for refunds. So, again, I don't want to throw a wet blanket on the big news of the weekend, right? Tom Dundon's statement said it all. As we go to Gary and Cook and you, we're proud to be the first NHL market in the Southeast to host an outdoor game. We're going to do everything we can to make as many seats available as possible because we know how high demand will be for this game and the epic tailgating that will accompany it. I'm jacked up about what it'll look like in our backyard on February 20th, 2021. As a season ticket holder with my season ticket partner, Bob, we have an avenue to make sure that we'll have seats to this game, right? Many others want in, and Tom's right, there'll be high demand. It's it's just different. It's fun. It's You're a part of history, and nobody else in this part of the country even has been given a stadium series game. Think of... Soldier Field in Chicago getting a stadium series game. You know, it's the Yankee Stadium in New York. It's more cold more often, right? That helps with an outdoor hockey game. Coors Field in Denver, uh, the Avalanche had hosted previously. This time they tried Colorado Springs, home of Air Force. Whenever you ask any venue to do something that they are not used to doing, it is a recipe for serious problems, if not disaster. I don't think that applies to Carter-Finley Stadium, home of next year's Stadium Series game. But whatever has to happen, that's my request. A year ahead of time. I want the PNC Canes people to talk to the Wolfpack uh, Carter-Finley people. We can't have stuff like this now. We can't have what's supposed to be a monumental celebration and a part of history turn into people are still complaining about it 48 hours later. Can't have that. Can't have that. As the host of a statewide syndicated sports radio show, I will make sure that that does not happen. I know all the authorities involved. They're on warning now, right? If they weren't before, if they assumed it would go smoothly, after what just happened in Colorado Springs, don't assume anything. And if you're a fan, go early. Think it's going to take you twice as long as usual just in case so that we can truly have a game to celebrate rather than somebody that ruins a lot of people's weekends. Cook is in carry since we just had Dave Odom on. We have to talk to a person who was at Dave Odom's basketball camp way back in the day. Cook, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Thank you, sir. Loyal fan. Thank you. Yeah, just uh, years ago, uh, I was a good ball player in Northern Durham, and my buddy played for Durham High School, which Coach Odom was the coach back then. He invited me to the basketball camp he had, and I go and play and uh, did pretty good. He had the Gibbs brothers, and then one week he brings in Pete Maravich as a camp counselor to us. Oh, cool. Uh, play Pete, and he beat me 10-0. Uh, <laughs> Coach Odom told me to move in with him so I could play with him my senior year. I don't know if he was joking or not, but uh, I had a fond memory of Coach Odom. He was a great coach. He taught me a whole lot. 
That's really cool. So that would have been Dave Odom, Durham High School coach or Wake Forest Durham assistant High, coach? Durham okay. High School. Okay. Yeah, I remember I, I wasn't around. Nor, I was alive, but I was not here in North Carolina. Dave Odom, if you think about it, ECU people remember him fondly because he was their head coach, late 70s, early 80s. Wake Forest, of course, you know, two ACC championships, says it all right there. He's being honored with that 95 team on Wednesday night. South Carolina remembers him fondly. I'm headed to Columbia tonight because it's one of my daughter's five finalists. She may end up in-state, so you can root for the Glenn family to be a part of your university if you have admitted my daughter. She got in almost everywhere, Darren. Uh, You are an extended part of the Glenn family. She applied, I think, to 12 schools, and she got into 11. Not bad. I won't won't mention which one left her out, despite my personal ties (laughs) to that fine institution. So South Carolina celebrates Dave Odom. He was their head coach in the early part of this decade, I think seven or eight years. Wake for more than a decade. ECU head coach for a few years. UVA fans love him because he was an assistant to Terry Holland on some of the greatest UVA teams in history. Prior to Tony Bennett obviously putting them over the top this past year, that is the first men's basketball title in the history of that program. Now, Ralph Sampson and Terry Holland and those guys got him close a bunch of times and did other great things. So Dave Odom was a part of another of the best stretches in the history of UVA basketball. Durham High School head coach, Goldsboro High School head coach. He was born, I believe, and raised in the Goldsboro area. And he's a product of Guilford College. I mean, isn't that like 10 different fan bases rooting you on? That doesn't even mention DG Show Nation. There's millions more right there. I'm ready to throw (laughs) Odom up on our shoulders and carry him around like it's at a rock concert, man. He's that good of a guy, and I'm really glad that he is getting that moment in the sun, if you will. Gary and Wilson has been waiting patiently. He has both the NBA All-Star game and some college basketball on his mind. Go ahead, Gary, with your best and worst of the weekend. Yes, DG, thank you. Best of the weekend would be Chris Paul and his performance in the All-Star game. You gave the number, particularly the alley-oop dunk. Awesome. And the NBA itself for the updated format, which made the game much more exciting. I agree. Typically, I agree. Now, Worst of the weekend is shared by Wake Forest and Miami basketball. Their game on Saturday, unfortunately, was one of the worst uh, ACC games I've ever seen. Four shooting turnovers. You're a loyal fan just for watching it, Gary. By both teams, and it was an embarrassment. In, in seriousness, I'm always intrigued by the the passionate fans who even when you're dead last or near the bottom or whatever, I mean, it's one thing when Carolina has the weird anomaly horrible year. And that place, I was there. The Smith Center was packed and jumping, and they were jumping around in the pregame, and they thought they had a win against UVA just like they thought they had a win against Duke, and then it gets away at the end. But those Carolina fans showed up. It's another thing, whether you're watching on TV, I'm assuming Gary was not in Coral Gables, whether you're watching on TV or you're just a diehard season ticket holder who shows up religiously no matter how well or poorly the season is going. In the context like Wake, where this is the fifth time in six years under Danny Manning that 
they're going to miss the postseason entirely, that they're going to have a losing record for the season, that even though they sprinkle in the occasional, hey, they beat the Tar Heels at the Joel and they gave the home fans something to celebrate. I was there when they played Virginia down to the wire. They, they really came close to beating the Cavaliers at the Joel uh, a couple of weeks ago. Wake whacked by Miami 71-54. to I only saw the highlights of that game. I, I didn't know it was that bad on both sides. Miami and Wake, of course, are down there with UNC and others, the bottom tier of the Atlantic Coast Conference. And when you watch those two get together, I didn't see how many people were there supporting the Hurricanes on their home court. Probably not many. But it takes the true diehard, the true loyalist, when you're six years into a mostly miserable tenure, just to watch on TV, does that make Gary and Wilson the best of the weekend? That's a loyal Wake fan right there. Like, if you're a state fan, you're mad about what happened at BC, but you got to go Wednesday night, don't you? Again, all things are relative in life. I think you're right, if you're a state fan, to be frustrated at whomever. Markel Johnson, Kevin Keats, Braxton Beverly, those dudes aren't playing well, and Kevin Keats may be in the process of letting a season get away but he has time to answer. It's one thing to go when state hosts Duke on Wednesday, when state hosts hosts Florida State on Saturday afternoon. Something special is still possible. It's another thing if you're Wake or Miami, your seasons are functionally over. And, you know, frankly, the most exciting thing left, besides, say, getting Carolina on your home court in a year where you can beat the Tar Heels, They handed you your heads a year ago, Carolina over Wake, when Carolina was loaded. You want some revenge. You want to give some unhappy Wake fans something to be excited about. The big bad Tar Heels are coming to town. That's usually a tough ticket to get. You get your win. But six years in, Dave Odom's celebration with Tim Duncan and Randolph Childress and the 1995 team, that would get me out of my seat to go to. Miami against Wake Forest at the end of the regular season, man, I don't know. You got, we got lot, we got wives, we got girlfriends, we got families. You know, the lawn doesn't cut itself. Got a lot of things going on. You got college trips with your kids. You got church. You got, uh, maybe you like the XFL. Or maybe you just have five different other college basketball games that you could watch at any given time. And just this weekend, I mean, Baylor beat West Virginia. Those are two really good teams. Baylor's number one of 23-1, and one, the Bears, the new poll out this afternoon. Uh, by the way, Duke is sixth, Florida State is eighth, Louisville is 11th, so still a heavy population by the ACC in the top 10 or so, but will it be only UVA that joins those three in the NCAA tournament? The Cavs took a small step forward by beating Carolina at the Smith Center. The Wolfpack took a step backward by losing to Boston College up at Chestnut Hill. It is a really, really, really hard team to figure out, and that is something that I know Uh, has Wolfpack fans nodding their heads in agreement, even if they're tired of hearing it. They know that that is right. 1-800-849-2761. We'll get to Richard in Fayetteville. We'll get to John in Winston-Salem. You can jump in with your question or comment on the weekend that was, or just cast your ballot. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe? Louisville, Wake, State, Carolina joined the Houston Astros, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred, Tiger Woods, the debacle of a stadium series hockey game out west, and a few others on the worst of the weekend list. The Canes, Adam Scott, 
the return of college baseball. XFL Week 2 got some best of the weekend votes. I didn't watch, to be honest. App State, Western, the Gators, the Terrapins, the Tigers of Clemson, Baylor, and especially Duke was awesome this weekend as they annihilated Notre Dame and set a school record the Devils did with their fifth ACC win this season by 30 or more points. It was 94-60 to 60 over a pretty decent Notre Dame team that will end up in the NIT. Zion Williamson's homecoming, fresh off an appearance at NBA All-Star Weekend, was one of the energizing moments as the Blue Devils mopped the floor with the Fighting Irish. More of your phone calls on the other side, 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Christian Leitner, thanks for joining us. It's been less than a week since the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30. The final product of the movie was absolutely awesome. I love every second of it. Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing, but I thought the movie was awesome and I loved it. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. There has been a lot of back and forth in the baseball world. Some of it you knew was coming, right? People report for spring training. They haven't really had an opportunity unless they just wanted to launch on their social media account or something. They had not been confronted with specific questions by the media. You're with your family. It's your offseason. Spring training comes. And, of course, among the questions you get is what you think of the Astros cheating? What you think of the Astros penalty? There's even some open-ended questions about, you know, the Red Sox and what their sanctions are going to be. The back-to-back World Series champions, right? The Astros win it all while cheating. The Red Sox win it all. They've already gotten rid of their coach. We know they were cheating to some degree as well. That's a little bit of a loose end. But I think Cody Bellinger of the L.A. Dodgers, one of the young stars in Major League Baseball, Mike Trout came out with some, by his standards, pretty forceful words today as well. He's a very vanilla guy and pretty much universally described as the best player in baseball today. I'll tell you what Mike Trout said, but listen to Cody Bellinger. You can hear the anger in his voice, and I think a whole lot of players are thinking what Cody Bellinger is thinking, but not everybody will say it as bluntly as he did. Just so you know, Carlos Correa of Houston did offer a profane response to what you're about to hear from Cody Bellinger, and even though these Bellinger words are fairly recent, Cody has already responded to the profane response that he got from Correa. So as we come to Richard in Fayetteville, John is in Winston-Salem. We have best and worst of the weekend continuing. NBA All-Star Game, college basketball, good and bad, and a lot of other things. You can join us, too, by dialing 1-800-849-2761. This is Cody Bellinger of the L.A. Dodgers blasting the lion-cheating Houston Astros who won it all in 2017, remember, at the expense of a lot of pitchers, at the expense of other MVP candidates, and at the expense of other teams that are wondering, well, might we have won had the Astros not been using technology to steal signs in clear violation of MLB rules? Here's Cody Bellinger. I thought the apologies were whatever. I thought Jim Cranes was weak. I thought Manfred's punishment was weak, giving him immunity. I mean, these guys were cheating for three years. You know, I think what people don't realize is Altuve stole an MVP from Judge in 17. Everyone knows they stole the ring from us. I know personally I lost respect for those guys. I think I would say everyone in the show, in the big leagues, lost respect for those guys. I don't know what human hits a walk-off home run against Araldis Chapman to send your team to the World Series. And 
one, has the thought to say, don't rip my jersey off, but two, go in the tunnel, change your shirt, and then come out and do your interview. Like, that, that makes no sense to me. It makes zero sense to me because I know me. Gary Sanders said yesterday, you can rip my shirt off, my pants off. I set my team the World Series off for all this Chapman and the ninth inning at home. You can do, you know, I'm going crazy. All right, Darren, that was Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers. Do you have the bleeped out version of the Houston Astros' Carlos Correa responding to Bellinger's original comments? Uh, intern Will, I did, I believe, either handled the bleeping himself or adopted somebody else's bleep-worthy version of Correa's response. I don't have Bellinger's response to the profane response, but you can tell me that, Darren. And just for the record, Mike Trout, other than Cody Bellinger, I mean, we're talking about some of the very best players in all of baseball. Mike Trout, Mr. Vanilla with his public statements most of the time, L.A. Angels, of course, said today, quote, it's sad for baseball, it's tough, they cheated. That's a strong statement for somebody like Mike Trout. And as Bellinger said, I've lost respect for a lot of people. I'd say in life, 90% of the time, I can disagree with somebody over something and not lose respect for them. You see it one way, I see it another way. I'm not going to lose respect for you just because we have a difference of opinion on some gray area of life. There's a lot of life and sports where you can be one place on the spectrum, I can be another. Nobody's automatically right or wrong, and we just do our best, and we're transparent, and we communicate, and we debate, and whatever, and we just keep moving. 10% of the time, I do lose respect for people when the topic gets sensitive enough, or in this case, it rises to the level of cheating at the expense of your competitors. So Trout finishes by saying, I don't agree with the punishments, the player's not getting anything. This was a player-driven thing. It sucks, too, Trout said, because guys' careers have been affected. A lot of people lost jobs, meaning the pitchers, mostly, that got hammered. There is a former Major League Baseball pitcher who has an active lawsuit against the Astros on the premise that he lost money, future wages, etc., his job as an MLB-level pitcher, in part because the Astros blasted him. Now, I don't have time for a legal analysis of this guy's lawsuit. I'm not sure he has a good chance of winning it for reasons that I don't have time to go into. But now you know why the Houston Astros owner just doesn't want to admit everything. Oh, I'm sorry we broke the rules, but I'm not even sure there was a competitive advantage. That's the most ridiculous thing said so far. Trout finishes by saying, me going up to the plate knowing what pitch was coming, that would be pretty fun up there underlying something that every <laughs> baseball player ever knows is true. Again, there could be an individual batter who doesn't want to know what's coming because he just doesn't think it helps him. But overall, anybody who doesn't think that's a competitive advantage, funneling to the guy in the batter's box what type of pitch is coming, you've either never played or you're just living in denial. Here was Carlos Correa of the Houston Astros responding to basically being called out by Cody Bellinger and a lot of others who say they've lost a lot of respect for those players on those Astros teams. Like I said before, what doesn't sit well with me is when you say false statements. If you don't know the facts, if you're not informed, this is America, Ken. You can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. But Cody Bellinger's job is to look for information, get informed, know the facts for sure before he stands in front of cameras to talk about other players you should get informed you should be informed before you talk about other players if you don't know the facts then you gotta chill 
That was a good bleep there. Well-timed by intern Will and or the audio that he gathered earlier today. Does Carlos Correa have any good points? The only reservation I had about Cody Bellinger's comments, in, in the general sense, when Mike Trout said today, I lost some respect for some guys, oh, this is in my 10%. This is not in my 90%. Well, we just disagree, so let's just happily go along. We're still friends. No, no. There are some things in life where, no, it's just not okay. And you cheating me out of a job or a chance at a title or a chance at an MVP, whatever, not okay. Not okay. I do lose respect for you. When Bellinger went in, went in on the buzzer type stuff, that is where I have not seen enough evidence to believe that I'm certain that Jose Altuve was guilty of the buzzer part of the accusations. In fact, there's some evidence that Altuve benefited less from the garbage can banging than most other guys. Some independent investigative fans and journalists studied which batters heard more pounds on the garbage cans. They, like, dug up all those Astros home games that they could find and then studied – through, through the natural sound of the broadcast, all right, which guys were in the batter's box when they used this sort of caveman compliment to the technology sign stealing by hitting a garbage can to tell you when a breaking ball was coming or whatever? Apparently, Altuve did not get as many of those compared to other Astros players. But it's interesting, isn't it, that baseball didn't go down, that far down those rabbit holes. It took fans and media to count up who was listening for the garbage can to know what pitch was coming. It sounds like something that baseball should have done better than in anybody outside of baseball. Regardless, Bellinger going in on the buzzer, I think, is extending yourself too far. Trout or Bellinger and the rest of these guys saying, I've lost respect, you cheated, I'll never look at you the same way. I am 100% on their side. The question is, is Carlos Correa's, you know, know your facts or shut the bleep up, is there any... Good point in, well, I mean, in his recant. Yeah, I, th- I think you would agree in a, in a general sense, we encourage everybody to know what they're talking about or don't talk, this right? It's one of the, the, the foundational pillars of this show. But more he can, pe- more he can also be a cheater <laughs> and say that thing that is true generally. <laughs> yes, more people should speak more often on things they know well and more people should speak less often on things where they're clueless, biased, outrageously misinformed, or entirely uneducated. Man, the world would be a better place if we would just adopt that rule. Richard in Fayetteville, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, man. Um, with the really poor punishment of the Astros situation, don't you believe or do you think it's time that, you know, Pete Rose gets exonerated to where he can at least – get back into the MLB to where he could be put on the uh, voted for the ballot for the Hall of Fame. Did you see because, Did you because, see that he went down that road a couple of weeks ago? I don't know if you saw that. No, no, I didn't. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah, but, uh, ba- basically, long story short, Pete Rose's lawyer just made the argument to Major League Baseball that Richard in Fayetteville is making on our airwaves right now. So I guess the good news, if you're rooting for Pete Rose, is that, yes, this is on their radar. And, yes, they've approached, approached Rob Manfred and said, wait a minute, when you add PED users who impacted the outcome of games and clearly cheated in violation of baseball rules to, this case, letting Astros players off entirely, right? 
the GM lost his job. The field manager lost his job. Others are dealing with sanctions. They gave him the largest fine that they could give. They lost draft picks, et cetera. Some of it was fairly extreme by Major League Baseball standards. But Pete Rose is making the argument, when Houston Astros players got off scot-free here, and we know they impacted the outcome of games, and PED guys got off scot-free, or uh, they're on the ballot, even though there's some evidence that you know, Bonds and Clemens, there's evidence that they were users, but they are on the ballot. They haven't gotten in yet, but at least they're on the ballot. Pete Rose, remember, is not even on the ballot. So I don't know where it's going, Richard. I don't know the outcome. Baseball has resisted a whole series of arguments that Pete Rose and his attorneys have brought up over the years. His point is, and I'm reading from the letter that they sent, Intentional acts by current and past owners, managers, coaches, and players altered the outcome of numerous games, including the World Series, and illegally enhanced both team and player performance. And with Pete Rose, it has never been suggested, let alone established, that any of Rose's actions influenced the outcome of any game or the performance of any player. And yet for 31 years and counting, Pete Rose continues to suffer a punishment vastly disproportionate to those others who have done those things. It's a pretty good logical argument. It's not really a legal argument because you're not in the court of law. You're trying to convince baseball's decision makers to say either Pete Rose has suffered enough and we're going to let the voters decide. For right now, the vo- the, it's out of the voters' hands. He's not allowed on the ballot. Maybe they would punish him the way they've been punishing Barry Bonds and Roger Clements, Right leaving them short of the 75% threshold, et cetera. Who knows? But, yes, that argument is being made. I don't think it's going to make Rob Manfred turn the corner, but you uh, ratted up the flagpole in about the same way that Pete Rose's attorneys did earlier this month with Major League Baseball. Last call for phone calls on the other side, 1-800-849-2761. John wants back in on some college basketball and or some NBA. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw over the weekend that was? I'll get you caught up on some headlines as well. Mike Tomlin of the Steelers is rabidly defending his quarterback, Mason Rudolph, against the latest allegations by uh, Miles Garrett that Rudolph used the N-word in that incident during the regular season months ago. Mike Trout, Cody Bellinger, and a lot of others are blistering the Houston Astros as we speak. We'll tell you what Bellinger said to Carlos Correa's profane response over the weekend. Cody spoke again earlier today. Those updates with more of your calls next on the David Glenn Show. If my low and away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me I got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low and away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Last call for phone calls. You have what Cody Bellinger said back to Correa today? Well, essentially, he just told reporters that he doesn't regret anything that he said. They yeah. kind of give him a chance to take a, a, a step back on the, the buzzers and, and accusing the Astros of things that hadn't been proven, and he didn't do it. And just remember, anybody who wants this to go away, it will sag back into the background. But, like, today is the first day that many players are reporting to camp. So this is for hundreds of people 
This is their first public opportunity in front of cameras and microphones to chime in on one of the most egregious scandals in baseball history, certainly in my lifetime as a lover of baseball. So it will fade into the background once you get closer to the regular season. I do think it's worth monitoring how people play against the members of the Houston Astros that they know were part of the cheating. I mean, Houston has already put in a request to headquarters. Dusty Baker, didn't he? Uh, didn't request Major League Baseball to keep an eye on Astros batters, you know, possibly being subjected to bean balls and other forms of retaliation. I mean, we're not even in spring training yet. These guys are just reporting. That's why you're seeing all these reports. Those will start to fade, but if you want it to go away right now, like a flick of the switch or a press of the button, you are out of luck because this is these folks' livelihoods. And some of them believe, you know, Cody Bellinger went to back for, bat for Mike Trout saying Trout would have had that MVP that year. He lost it to a cheater. Other players are saying that was our World Series title. We lost it to a cheater. Now, we don't know we would have won, but it would have been fun to find out. 1-800-849-2761. John is in Winston-Salem and wants to take us back to either best and worst of the weekend or a little college basketball. Go right ahead. Hey, David, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind? Um, first off, uh, my best and worst of the weekend. The worst of the weekend, hands down, has to go to the Houston Astros. Sorry, excuse of an apology. Um, and the best of the weekend, uh, has to go to the NBA All-Star Game. I was not expecting that to be the spectacle it was. Yeah, it was pretty uh, cool. I was a whole lot more into that than I have been in recent years. But uh, my main question for you is, I've seen uh, Garrison Brooks step up for the Tar Heels, even though I know that, even though I know the, uh, the season's practically a wash. Yeah. But I've seen him uh, step up, take a larger role in terms of scoring, rebounding, and just overall leadership of the team while Cole Anthony was out. And my main question for you is, do you think he may, after this season, do you think he may have played himself into onto an NBA roster? Probably not. Um, you know, it's a two-round draft, so what is that, 60 or so spots. I don't think he's viewed as an NBA draft pick right now. You know, he's a post player. I forget what he's listed as, but what is he, six foot nine? Now, you know, he occasionally will hit a three, and that helps. He occasionally has to chase a big guy on the perimeter so he can show his, his athleticism. He's not like some oak tree that can't move laterally, laterally down in the paint, which you sometimes have with college post players. I don't – I'll put it this way. My money would be on, A, Garrison Brooks making a six-figure salary somewhere in the world as a professional basketball player. I think he's a long shot to stay on an NBA roster. Now, that doesn't mean he couldn't get a cup of coffee at some point, but – I think he's viewed by most scouts that I've ever talked to as more of an international prospect. Others have proven me wrong. Maybe he's a guy who will as well. But I don't think he would be one of those 60 or so picks if the draft was at the end of this year. I'll say this, though. He has gone, remember, he, unlike most Carolina basketball signees, Garrison Brooks was not a highly regarded recruit. He, he was not like a you know prep All-American or anything close to that. I forget exactly where he was, but I don't even think he might not have been a top 100 player as a high school senior. So he is a project in a sense that between the coaching he's received and his, that young man's willpower and work ethic, and you can see his competitive fire, all of which the scouts can also see and all of which essentially guarantee him a professional basketball job at some point. I think he's one of the 15 best players in the ACC. 
So as a junior, you know, there's 15 slots on your All-ACC team. He's not up there with Vernon Carey and Trey Jones or, you know, Elijah Hughes of Syracuse, John Mooney of Notre Dame. Um, Jordan War is down lately, but his season has been amazing for Louisville. He's not one of the, you know, half a dozen or best players in the league, but you have 15 slots on your All-ACC team. I can find room for Garrison Brooks. I had a, he had another good game against Virginia, 9 for 14 from the field, 20 points, 5 rebounds. He's become a better passer, 4 assists against the Cavaliers. He and Cole Anthony finally had healthy uh, chemistry. Now, the Tar Heels are 25 games into their season, and that might have been the first time that they had chemistry from big guy to little guy, you know, point guard to post, and yet they still lost a close game to the Cavaliers. So maybe that's something small for them to build on as they try to be a dangerous team come the ACC tournament in Greensboro next month. But yeah, Garrison Brooks is going to be a pro. I don't, if you're a junior and you're told you're probably not going to be a draft pick, here's how it usually works. If you like where you are, you stay for your senior year. If you're upset about anything, your school, your academics, your coach, your playing time, your role, that's when you see guys leaving even though they're not projected as draft picks. I'd, I'd say with pretty good confidence, Garrison Brooks will be told at the end of this year, you're probably not going to be a draft pick if you leave after your junior season. What does he do from there? I mean, who knows? We live in the age of attrition. I would expect him to stay for his senior year. Carolina has one of the nation's best recruiting classes coming in. Anybody who thinks Roy Williams is going to stay down because this has been a monstrous train wreck of a season, you don't know what you're talking about. This is a one-year anomaly. And with that recruiting class plus whoever stays, Carolina's going to be good again next year. I don't know how good, but they're not going to have another year like this. Final thoughts and TV picks. As I head to Columbia, South Carolina, yes, there's a sporting angle, actually. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop after this. Yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. Thanks to Dave Odom for dropping by. Be good to him out in Winston on Wednesday night. Darren Vaught will be hosting for me tomorrow. I am taking my amazing, wonderful daughter, Avery, to the University of South Carolina right now. We're actually going to get to Columbia in time to see the number one Dawn Staley-led Gamecocks take on Vanderbilt. That's on the SEC network. You can see us waving from behind the announcers about 10 rows up. Other TV options, UNC Notre Dame, 7 o'clock ESPN. The Aggie Eagle Basketball Classic, 7 o'clock ESPNU. Iowa State, Kansas as well. Daytona 500, an hour away. Rain delayed, of course. Enjoy the game. See you tomorrow. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina. Love the people in North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.